up, guys, and welcome back to Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder, brought to you, as always, by our good pals over at VolleyballMag.com. Before we get into today's episode, just a couple things I wanted to get to. First of all, thank you to <clears throat> a huge thank you to everyone who came out and said hey in Hermosa, either to say good luck before one of my matches or good playing after one of my matches or just approached me and said that you guys liked the podcast. Uh, y'all made my day, made my weekend. Always love to hear from listeners at at sites, and it was uh, it was it was a wild weekend and a fun one for sure. Secondly. So this interview is a little bit different. So we went deep into the archives for this one. This is an interview with the bad boy of beach volleyball or former bad boy of beach volleyball, Steve Obradovich. I did this interview with Steve in December during bowl season of the college football season. The reason that we are unloading this one now is because yours truly uh, messed up the audio of an awesome interview with Eddie the Eagle Ratledge. Uh, I don't exactly know what happened with it, so we're trying to get it fixed up. Uh, we sent it to some sound guys and trying to repair it, but uh, we were overdue for a technological sound snafu, and uh, this one's on me. I kind of jacked that one up, but good news is we. this is why we have backups on file, and the interview with Obradovich, uh, for the old school guys listening, you know how entertaining he is, so it's really, really fun interview and it was fun to re-listen to it I, I hadn't listened to it since December so uh, this is going to be a fun one for you guys Eddie the Eagle I apologize for messing up your interview hope to get it back and worst comes to worst we'll just have you on again and do it all over again so before you guys actually do listen to the interview I want to give a heads up if we have any young listeners in the car or wherever you are listening the interview is uh, a little curse heavy. There's a fair amount of F-bombs, so just be aware. If uh, I know that a, a couple of the young ball girls and ball boys said that they listen to the podcast and they enjoy it. So if you guys are listening, um, I would suggest putting the earmuffs on for like half of this one because it, uh, <laughs> it wasn't censored. And uh, I didn't edit anything out. So it's a little explicit. So just wanted to give you guys a heads up. And one more heads up before the interview is that we are doing a Firefly giveaway. So Firefly Recovery is one of the sponsors of the show. And I know that I am still pretty beat up after Hermosa. And I need some recovery devices. And Firefly is how I get uh, the blood flowing back into the damaged area. So we are doing a Firefly Recovery giveaway via Instagram. So hit us up at Sandcast underscore podcast. And I want you to comment with your favorite Steve Obradovich moment or memory or quote from the show. All right. And then try and I will select the winner from that. So again, Sandcast underscore podcast on Instagram, comment with your favorite Steve Obradovich memory or quote from the show, and we will select a winner and send that over your way. Thanks guys. And enjoy this episode with Steve Obradovich. Uh, well, I like I always like getting into some of the players' backstories, just how they got into the game. Just because coming from the East Coast, like volleyball, I mean, like it is pretty much anywhere but here, was kind of a girls' sport growing up. And I know that it has obviously a lot more history here. So, did you grow up playing the game? No, no, I didn't start playing until I was uh, 16 years old. I played when I was a we used to play basketball during off sports hours. We had the same period of you know, gym or PE or whatever it was. 
So I went and started playing basketball. And then my brother and a guy named George Brett went out and started playing volleyball, you know, with an old plastic ball in our courts and stuff with low nets. So I go, well, I want to try that. So I ended up trying that and kind of liked it. I, all of a sudden I, I, I could jump. Like, I didn't know I could jump. I didn't know I could <laughs> swing at a ball very hard. I, you know, I didn't know anything. So uh, that summer, I, you know, my, uh, I started playing a little bit more in high school. We didn't have a team. And then my senior year, my parents in April moved to the beach. So I really started focusing on the beach because I was down there every weekend. So that's how I, I just kind of kick-started at doing that. Which beach were you by? Manhattan Beach. Okay. That's I moved from El Segundo to Manhattan Beach my senior year. And then, you know, I started playing down at the beach every weekend. And then, you know, you start playing with different guys, you get better. And then I started playing in tournaments that summer. Okay. And because I was going to say you won, I mean, you won Manhattan in 76, right? Yeah, 76. With, with Marlowe. And so you, I yeah. mean, so if you had picked it up when you were 16 and you were 21 in 76? 21, when you won that? yeah, <laughs> 21 when I won it. Yeah. You picked it up pretty quick. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I, I don't know. You know, same thing as Karch won early, Sinjin won early, but they might, they were playing their whole lives. I, I, you know, I just picked it up at 16 and my training, I didn't have the training they were doing. In fact, when I got a volleyball scholarship to SC, I was basically recruited off the beach. So I was junior college. I played one year in junior college and, you know, I just started playing really well on the beach. These coaches, for some reason, heard about me, come down the beach and watch me play and found out I was playing at El Camino College. And then they offered me, you know, UCLA, Pepperdine, San Diego State. All the big, you know, colleges offered me a scholarship for two years. That's I, I don't know. And I didn't really under, you know, I played one year indoor under, and I didn't understand. I really didn't understand it when I went to SC. I just knew go up and jump high and hit the ball hard. Right. That's some recruiting process. How, how, did, how, yeah. did, how do you think they found your name? Just, I mean, I know the beach community word spreads fast. I, you know, because my my brother was at SC, so he kind of knew that I was coming up, and uh, Ernie Hicks, and then Al Skates used to watch the beach. He was a coach at UCLA, and he saw me play in junior college in a national deal. And then the guy at uh, the guy at Pepperdine just was down at State Beach, and you know we were talking, you know, and all of a sudden he didn't know how I was, and I got up and played. He came up to me afterwards. You you want to go to Pepperdine? <laughs> so it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. You know, the whole thing was bizarre. That's funny. You know? And your brother's and name I was, was more. I was more, you know, known at the beach than I was indoors. Really? Yeah. So and, it was one of those deals. And so you you ended up going to SC. Was that? Did your brother go there too? Yeah, he was a football guy there. Okay. And so he, he played that, football for two years. Is that what kind of swayed you to uh to go to USC? Well, that's what well, my dad, we grew up in LA and my dad was a big SC fan. He didn't go to college, but he grew up in downtown LA right by SC in the Coliseum. So he's always been a Trojan at heart. So yeah, my brother went there out of junior college. He was a football player at El Camino and he got a scholarship and I had had trouble getting out of junior college because I had mono one year. So I was a late, I came in in February, I think of 75, right when the, the volleyball was on and my brother just got out of football. So I moved in with him and, you know, you know, played volleyball and all my buddies, you know, all the guys used to come, Pat Hayden, John McKay, all the guys who played with them used to come to my matches. That's pretty cool. And so you went, did you end up, so you played, you were a big football player too, growing up, right? No, no, I just played in high school. I was, I was just, I had some poor coaching. We had a bad team. You know, I had to play quarterback and it wasn't fun for me. I quit 
in junior college, I didn't want to play. I was playing volleyball. I go, I don't want to play football anymore because the coaching's so horrendous. So my brother and Pat Hayden and John McKay were working out for the draft because my brother was a seventh round draft choice. So I went out there with Hayden. My brother says, come on out of here. Pat needs guys to catch balls. So I went out there and ran some patterns. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was catching the ball. And Pat says, you should go out for the football team. I go, yeah, you know, I don't know. So my brother talked to McKay. They let me out for one year, got the shit knocked out of me. And the next year <laughs> I didn't play volleyball for a year. And then next year Robinson came in and gave me a scholarship. So I basically went on a, went in there on a volleyball scholarship, ended up on a football scholarship. Okay. And and you ended up, what what position did you end up playing at SC? I was a, I was a wide receiver, played on all okay. the special teams, caught five passes. So I went, <laughs> I could, I went from, it was really a weird year. I won the Manhattan Open when I was still in college. I played in the Rose Bowl and lettered on the number two team in the nation. And then I won an NCAA title in volleyball. So I had a pretty good year. Yeah, and the year before that, you won Manhattan. So <laughs> No, that same year. Yeah, 76, I won Manhattan. Went to school, played in the 77 Rose Bowl. And it was one calendar year and went to, won the NCAA title in volleyball. That's not a bad run. <laughs> no, I would have been. It was really, I was re- I was really close, Travis. I tell everybody that that we lost our first game at SC. We won eleven straight. We were number two in the nation to pit when they had Tony Dorsett. Had we won that, I'd have been the only guy in the career to have two national championships: one in volleyball, one in football. Nobody would ever broke that record. Yeah, not a prayer. I mean, when you look back and reflect upon that, I mean, that's got to be just pretty cool to say in general. Even even if it wasn't a national championship backed up with another national yeah. championship rose bowl national yeah. title manhattan in one year <laughs> yeah it was great I, I, peaked, I peaked at 22 <laughs> <laughs> i was like a gymnast <laughs> and yeah so i always tell everybody i got peaked at 22 it was too easy to do that's funny <laughs> yeah so it was a different time back then and you so know, after you, college, what, what were you planning on doing? So sports obviously had been a, a pretty no, big I was part just, of your life. I, you know, I, I, they gave me a, a free agent contract in Miami. I lasted a day and a half. And uh, Don Chula cut me. And I just went back playing beach volleyball. I had no urge to go indoors and play indoors. Yeah. One, I wasn't good enough. And two, I didn't want it. Man's got to know his limitations. How come the indoor game wasn't too big of an appeal for you? No, because it, it wasn't, I wasn't trained po- properly. All those guys, my passing was different. My footwork was different. Everything was different. And I just, I, you know, you had to be, the, you know, when 80, they were really getting good. Then 84, I'd only been 30 years old, but I just, I wasn't into it. I wanted to play on the beach. I mean, right. I, I didn't want to be around stuffy gyms and I wasn't good enough. I just wasn't good enough. You know, you gotta, I wasn't, I was a, Really good indoor player, second team All American. I was for college, but I wasn't an international guy. But I could beat all their asses on the beach, which we used to do, except Karch. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, when you yeah. came out to the beach, what were your plans post graduation, just work wise? Because I know that when you left SC, that was still when money was just starting to trickle in. No, it wasn't even. So, clo- it wasn't even close. Yes. It didn't get. It didn't get big till like. Uh, to tell you the truth, till 
probably 85, 86, probably 88, 89, 89. It really started getting big. Yeah. I was looking at just your, your BVB and it looked like the, oh, yeah, no the, timing, I was, yeah. the timing of your volleyball career. It seems like it, you pretty much got out just as it was starting. Oh to yeah. I got, up. yeah, I got, well, <laughs> I got, I got married and had a kid and I knew there was a future outside of what I was doing. You know, I was, you know, I was a seventh seed when I left, you know, I, I just said, I got to get out. I mean, I, I had a wife, a kid, a house, I, I, you know, this isn't, you know, going to keep me married for very long if I keep traveling 26 weekends a year. Right. You know, so it just wasn't, wasn't going to do it. So I, you know, my shoulder hurt, you know, I could have played four more years, but I go, there's another avenue out there i can make a lot more money and I, i'm thinking about the future so i was you know pretty smart about that and it worked out really well for me yeah i mean you founded your own restaurant is julie's still around is that no they thing? tore that down i left there and i think 92 i still worked there on weekends and then my mom and sister ran it we closed it in 96 thank god <laughs> friggin' nightmare yeah it just wasn't where my my dad left my brother left and i followed him and i got into real estate business and title insurance and everything worked out really well for me. That seems to be the most popular landing spot among former volleyball players. Everyone I talk to now is, is usually doing something with real estate. That's because we're all, there's a point to that. We're all, I mean, there's a couple guys with jobs and a lot of guys get into real estate because they're used to being on the beach. They're used to not taking any shit from any coaches or from anybody. Right. So they figure they get into real estate. It's the same thing. <laughs> you know, they work it for themselves. They go, this is great. You know, and they could use their competition deal going, okay, I'm going to compete against these guys. You know, I don't have to be in the office at nine o'clock every day. I work my own hours and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, they're in the area, they know the streets and it really, you know, you think about it, oh, it makes pretty good sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. I mean, if Hovland could be a realtor, I tell him, I said, if you could be a realtor, anybody can. <laughs> Do you, are you and Hovland kind of close just because you guys have such similar stories just being a dual sport oh, yeah. at SC. Did you guys yeah, go to school can't... together? What's that? Did you guys, did you and Hov, were you in school together? No, he came or, in. He took my, you know, one asshole left and another one came in. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what, that's what the, you know, I, I played with, a, you know, some really good volleyball players, but they're just boring. So I was the guy that, you know, like how I chose everybody off on the other side. Cause you know, they knew me from the beach, you know, they respected me and I would just get on their ass and tell them their horse shit, even Sinjin never got to play against uh cards came in when I left too. So I had zero respect for any of those guys on the other side of the court. It showed. And then, you know, Bob Yoder, Celso, those, Dusty DeVore, they were set in it. So I go, well, you guys have never won anything. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could, you know, with you guys, I'm pretty sure I can ride you to a victory. Yeah. I may not be the best player on the team, but I'm good for the team. Yeah. So I was kind of like, you know, the straw that stirred the drink. Not that it was Reggie Jackson, but it, you know, got everybody motivated and a lot of guys got pissed off at me and my own team because, you know, I was yelling at them. I'm fucking working. I don't want to hear this anymore. <laughs> I'm imagining sort of like a, kind of like a Bill Lambeer type. Yeah. I was just an idiot, you know, I was young and <laughs> stupid and, you know, I was, I was an idiot. I mean, but it was okay. We won, you know, you know, yeah. so I mean, every, you know, my reputation precedes me, but it's not, you know, a lot of it's just play acting. I don't know why I did it. I was a friggin', you know, 
dysfunctional kid, I guess. Grew up in a great family. I just was dysfunctional. <laughs> and I mean, an entertainer, it seemed like from everything. Yeah, I know. I you know everything. LA Times stories and they, the, the word yeah. entertainer came up a few times. Yeah. I mean, that's what it was. I figured volleyball needs somebody like that. You know, and I've always been a clown. I've always been a big mouth and stuff. So got kicked out of a lot of classes and, you know, I always thought everything was funny. So yeah. it was just, you know, it was just, you know, you just, I just wanted to entertain. I want to be like, you guys are so boring. You're, you know, we're never going to get anybody watching us unless there's some idiot out there like McEnroe or Connors or anything like that. Right. There's got to be a couple idiots. And I don't think they have any idiots now because they, they put this tight control on them, the AVP, which, you know, they're not part of the FIV, but VB when they're over playing here. Right. Right. They're part of the AVP. So he could let him go over here. He could let him go. You let him go to a certain point. You know, like the guys, give me an example of guys in the NFL that can dance in the end zone now. So you could, you could, you know, control it and let him give him a little bit of line. But, you know, they look at the ref and the ref's got his yellow card out. You can't yeah. yell at him. You know, you can't look across the net and yell at somebody. You know, it's just, it's, you know, kind of a friggin' You know, I don't want to say it's, I can't say girls sports, kind of a pussy sport the way those guys act. And I mean, it seemed, I mean, back then, just from everything I've read and everyone I've talked to, it seemed like it wasn't, not that there were no rules, but there, it was definitely a lot looser than it is now. I mean, that's the way the atmosphere change. That's, that's the way beach volleyball was forever. Cause we used to ref our own games. So now, you know, the older guys don't like to see a change because you, you can't get the color out of there. And, you know, we're professionals and, you know, basketball can, you know, they got to be controlled. Football's got to be controlled. I mean, you know, you can't intimidate the other person, you know, and do it, but you're, you know, when there's a net there, you should be able to say something to the guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a net dividing you where, you know, football players can get in their head and stuff. So, you know, they get right face to face and there might be some punches thrown. So I, I don't know, you know, you just got to loosen it up, let them argue with the refs a little bit more and not, you know, I don't know, but it's on TV and nobody wants to see. There's all sorts of ways you can look at it, Trav. You know, as I talk about it, I think, my ah, God, it's on TV. How much shit do you want going on? Right. You know, so if it's not on TV, it should anything goes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, and that's that. So when you left SC, did you, I mean, like I said, at the time, there wasn't a ton of, of money in this sport and there wouldn't be for a while. Yeah. What, what were your plans post-graduation? I know that oh, just from talking to a lot of the guys, a lot of them were just like, we're just going to go to the beach, work as little as we can just to kind of live this kind of beach lifestyle. I don't know if that well, I, I didn't get what you leave. were going for. I didn't get, I had to work full-time the whole time. I mean, I was, when I got out of college, I was a waiter at the chart house. And then I went to work for a lip, liquor company when I was 22 and I had to go out and sell liquor. I had to drive from Manhattan Beach to Orange County every day, you know, to Garden Grove and go call on liquor stores and package stores and, you know, or uh, markets and grubby bars, you know, that were open at 630 in the morning. And then my parents uh, said, let's buy Julie's. And my brother and I were partners and I had an equity stake in it just by working there. So my brother paid his share. So we divided up four ways and I started working there. So I'm working there playing volleyball and I guess the question you're asking, why do I keep playing volleyball? And I go, I was good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I was really good at it. And you know, you don't want to quit at 22 or 23 if you're good at it. 
you know, I like the adulation of people, you know, some guys get out of college, they never get to fulfill any dreams of, you know, doing stuff, playing a you know, semi-professional sport or being the top guys in America playing. So that's why I kept playing. And it, you know, you know, I used to be around Mingus and, you know, hobbling those guys, they never had jobs. I don't know how they made, they went over to Europe, played volleyball and saved their 20 grand and lived on it through the whole year. But I, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I had to work. You know, I just, it was, you know, instilled in me through my family and myself. I always had to have a job. I couldn't, I wasn't the type of guy when I got to college, go lay around. I didn't want to be a waiter. You know, I tried that. I go, I got to have something that's legit. Right. So I was always thinking down the line to get some sort of resume built up where I, where I do, do stuff. So I played at Julie's from 79 to 92. Oh, wow. Found out I was going nowhere then. So I, at 38, I started my life over. You know, basically didn't have a lot of money, had a wife, two kids at the time. So I got, I got a goodness and I got into the real estate market, did really well and moved out to Laguna Beach and, you know, watched the tour grow. And, you know, I tried playing again when I was 39 and just, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, you know. So it was, uh, you know, I, I had a good career. I got more out of it winning 11 tournaments than guys that won 40 tournaments. Right. More notoriety, not that I'm looking for, but, you know everybody wants to talk to me because I was, a, you know, like a John McEnroe. They yeah. want to find the color. Nobody, like you said, nobody wants a boring guy. So, yeah, it seemed like you definitely I, accomplished your mission there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. So, anyhow, uh, yeah, my kids still meet people. I still meet people coming up to me. And, you know, I was in the elevator the other day at my office. Guy goes, you Steve O'Brien, I used to watch you play volleyball. I get it all the time. That's awesome. They're going, how do you guys, what do I look different? I think I do. You look exactly the same. I go, I'm 63. I go, what are you, 90? You know, now we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Wilson Volleyball. The AVP season is back, hallelujah, which means, guess what? We are back to playing with Wilson Volleyballs again, and the College Girls plays with Wilson, and the CBVA plays with Wilson, the AVP plays with Wilson. There is a reason that all of the pros and those about to become pros play with Wilsons, all right? It is the best ball in the game. It is the one the pros use and the one that you should use as well, and the good news is is that you can get 20% off by using our discount code WILSONSAND. All right, and I'll say that one more time. You can get 20% off by using our discount code WILSONSAND for 20% off of the best balls in the game. This podcast is also brought to you by Firefly Recovery. Listen, we're all athletes here for the most part, which means that we are all aching in some way or other or sore somewhere. All right, and a lot of times this is our knees, which is where Firefly Recovery comes into play, which is why I love them so much. So if you're one of those weird people who go to work every day, like I do, you can strap this onto your knee while you're sitting at your desk, and it helps you recover by moving the blood around in the region. I'm not a scientist. I don't know exactly how it works. You can go to fireflyrecovery.com. They have all sorts of testimonials and information out there. But what I just want to say is that it works. Like if you're traveling on a plane to an FIVB or a Norseca, or to AVP Austin or to AVP New York or Seattle or wherever it may be. Use Firefly Recovery on the plane. It'll help you recover while you're sitting there on your plane ride talking to people that you probably don't want to be talking to anyway. So use Firefly Recovery to be the best athlete that you can be. 
We would like to welcome a new sponsor to the show, Pacific Coast Wealth Management, or PCWM, if that's easier for you. If your financial plan goes beyond making it into the main draw of an AVP volleyball tournament, check out their online planning tool at PacificCoastWealthManagement.com. When you're there, click on Build Your, Build Your Financial Plan Here link and work with a, a licensed fiduciary advisor who can discuss 401k, IRA, life insurance, estate plans, tax strategy, social security, investments, or good old stock tips, also known as everything that beach volleyball players do not specialize in. You could use the help. Trust me, I know. Hit up Pacific Coast Wealth Management today. Business owners who need to offer benefits, retirement, or pension plans for their employees, partners, or themselves. Or 529 college savings or Roth IRA for your kids. Did you know you can gift $15,000 per year to your kid? Start with your favorite volleyball player by connecting with us at Pacific Coast Wealth Management Instagram or www.pacificcoastwealthmanagement.com or give them a call. 949-637-7052. Again, their phone number is 949-637-7052. Or we all know that Beach Volleyball, you're on Instagram. Hit them up at Pacific Coast Wealth Management on Insta. Hit them in your DMs, whatever it may be. Get in touch. We all know we need a little financial help in Beach Volleyball. These are your guys. Well, I used to watch you and Hooper play. You know, I've, I've had a thousand people talking about it. I go, these people never forget. Yeah. Because you're because you're loud. Yeah, that's funny. Does that surprise you when that happens? Or at this point, are you? It doesn't surprise me. I'm used to it. It surprises the shit out of my kids. Because, you know, growing up, they'll go, oh, your last name's O'Brien. Is your dad Steve? Yes, my dad's Steve. Yes, he played volleyball. <laughs> yes, yes, he was a big mouth. They still run into people. They still run. I mean, you know what? I'm, I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm my buddy George Brett, who I grew up with. I'm, I'm a nobody, you know, but somehow people in that volleyball world, the volleyball world's a real small world. I was going to ask you if it was, uh, if it was that George Brett that comes to mind immediately, I'm guessing it is. Oh yeah. Him and my brother were in kindergarten together. <laughs> that's where, I, that's where I, you know, got like, you know, George is a great competitor. We used to play wiffle ball, basketball, and you know, that's where I didn't have the fear factor growing up or playing volleyball or sports. I go, shit, I already got the shit beat out of me by my brother and George. <laughs> how to compete so i mean you know george was like you know fearless competitor too and so was my brother so you know my brother seven years in the nfl or nine years in the nfl george hall of fame uh baseball player me so i mean you know although i you know i played volleyball but they still played you know it was great it was a great time growing up yeah i still talk to them it's an athletic group of friends yeah it was <laughs> it was it was something so uh that's what honed my skills of being an athlete. And George used to play everything. My brother played every sport growing up and we had some battles in the house. We'd make up games and football games. And I mean, he's just, you know, cause he's over to the house all the time. So yeah. in a backyard, and, you know, he was ambidextrous. So I was a lefty. So he used to pitch to be lefty, my brother, righty. And I used to just, you know, eight years old. I go, this is not fair. He's throwing <laughs> curveballs at me. <laughs> The lefty on lefty yeah. matchup early. <laughs> that's, yeah, exactly. that's tough. <laughs> yeah, and I quit baseball because I couldn't hit left-handers. <laughs> I did the same thing. I'm lefty yeah, too. I, I hated, hated. I, I didn't. Left-handers. I didn't like guys throwing it in my head. I hated it. Me neither. Yeah. And you, so. you came in volleyball at, at such an interesting time. So event concepts take over 
basically as soon as you graduate SC and then yeah. you know, from 78 to 84, uh, event concepts run it. And then that's when the AVP gets founded and, you know, you guys protest the world championship. So what was that time like when the AVP was beginning to sort of push out event concepts? It was a bunch of knucklehead young kid volleyball players getting together. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go along with it. You know, I was a, you know, I was in my own business, so I'm going. You know, if you guys don't like it, don't strike. Just don't come back next year. Do something like that. Yeah. I I was not a striking type guy. I was not a union type guy. So I, you know, yeah, I'm out there carrying a sign. Yeah, Fishburne sells knicker scabs or whatever. But at the end of the day, I, you know, what do we want here? You go, oh, they're making all this money. They're making all that money. I go, really? You really think they're making that much money? <laughs> you know, I I just didn't get the whole thing. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I joined the ABP. Did it get any better? No, the next guy they fired too. You know, we had, you know, God rest his soul, John Stevenson run it, who was a, you know, and Kevin Cleary, like, you know, but they're not business guys. They're not anything. So, you know, we do the same thing for Jack Beautifish, and then Leonard Armato comes in. And then, you know, I don't know. I never really got, it was always kind of a secret what Leonard was doing, what John Stevenson was doing, what, you know, I think they bounced Kevin Cleary out. It was always, you know, we couldn't find out the financials, couldn't find out anything. So nobody's really, you know, the only guys, was, you know, Sinjin was real tight with it and maybe Randy. And I don't know about Don Hunt. They just cared about, most guys care, how much am I going to make? Right. You know, there's certain guys that want to get into the nuts and bolts of it. I wasn't one of those guys because I knew it wasn't going to be my future. I knew the money's going to grow up at one time it's going to peak. And it did Miller light got out and just left us like, you know, with our dicks in the wind. Yeah. A big tab to pay. So I mean, to pay it. Oh yeah. Cause those guys are making a half million dollars in prize money, you know, yeah. in their pockets. I mean, they're paying out two or $3 million, which is great for volleyball, but it just after the, I think after the 92 Olympics or 96 Olympics, it just friggin' died. Yeah, it's crazy timing, too. What cards were 92 or 90? I think you won 96. 90, 96 was Atlanta. That was the first yeah, time yeah, 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 yeah. was in the Olympics, and it gets all this yeah. fair, and then the AVP goes broke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just like they lost their sponsors, and I think uh, they, you know, I always said they needed a sugar daddy. They needed a guy at Google. They needed a guy at Yahoo. They needed, uh, uh, you know, Ellison or whatever those other guys, those internet guys. Yeah. I kept telling them, you guys are. You know, you've got to swing the big fist. You know, you you got to be a, a big game hunter. You can't, you know, Miller Lite or Bud Light's good, but you got to be able to sell it. And I don't know because the demographics, the TV ratings or whatever, I didn't think it was a beer thing anyhow. I think it's you had to find a very rich company and a guy that cared about volleyball, you know, CEO or whatever. Because that's, you know, you look at all those golf events and stuff like that. That's all CEOs like golf. Yeah. You know, I know they're getting a return on their dollar, but they got to spend it. So, you know, I would have, if it was me, I'd have been searching other places. Yeah. For, for a Donald you know, son, I mean, maybe feel like that's what we well, found I don't, now. You know what? He's not, I mean, I love Donald. I, I don't love him. I think Donald's doing a great job. I mean, he brought it back. Is he doing the best job? No, I think he could do better. I think he, uh, he's got his way of doing things, but he's seems to be a fair guy. You know, I, I, you know, played golf with him and done stuff, but you know, you're always looking for, 
you know, everybody can pick apart every event, you know? Right. I, you know, I went there, the sponsors aren't like the top tier sponsors, but he's organized and people go, I mean, I'd like to see him have, you know, 12 to 16 events. He's got what? Eight, maybe 10. Yeah. I think eight, eight's upcoming this year. we, We used to have 26. Yeah. It was crazy. It was every weekend. Who's the most on? And I had I had total withdrawals when I when I left. I bet. Uh, well, fuck. You know, you figure from the time I'm 17 to 35, 18 years of having every weekend in my life planned for me for volleyball. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now you're going. Oh, well, uh, I live three blocks from the beach. What am I going to do on the weekend? Taking my kid down to the beach, and then you know everybody's you know going to the beach. So I mean, I had I had withdrawals. It took me you know three or four years to get over it. I never thought about it that way. Just like you yeah, not really yeah. realizing what there was left to do. Yeah, you, you miss the competition. Yeah, yeah, you miss it. So I mean, you know, it, it, it weird on me personally, and you know, where's on your wife that you're not happy? I felt, I felt bad for that. It was just it was a horrible time. Not horrible. I mean, it just wasn't a good time when you're, you know, you're getting your ego stroked every single weekend during right. the summer. So that was that. And two, you know, you, you were also, I know that this was towards the tail end, but you were around the volleyball scene for when the FIVB push was, you know, began at least. Yeah. What was that like? I know that that was almost as contentious, if not more than the AVP and event concepts. I know because like Sinjin and Randy kept getting fined for skipping tournaments to go play international. Oh, I did. I, you know, I, I just, I, I just didn't care. I wasn't one of those guys that you know I talked to him or whatever. I, it was out of my control. I had a family. I, you know, it just didn't. Like I said earlier, it never mattered to me. Yeah, it never mattered. It just didn't matter. I just, you know, him and you know, I understood both sides, but it, it just didn't matter. I just kind of lived through Dodd and Hovland. They. You know, yell and scream about her, especially Hobbit. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right, Tim. All <laughs> right, right, what do you need me to do? You want me to write a letter? Yeah, yeah you got to go talk to that guy. Okay, I'll do it. Nice turn around. I'm not doing <laughs> And now, I mean, now that we, we look at it now, and the FIVB is the biggest tour in beach volleyball. Although, I don't know. I mean, the, the one in Brazil is pretty big, too. But do you think that it was overall a success? To bring the FIVB into the picture for for Beach, or do you think that the AVP would have been better off if we'd have just kept it here? Uh, I I personally think now uh, that uh, uh, I personally think now that the FIVB and AVP should be intertwined. I mean, it might they get a lot of money over there, but I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the specifics, but it'd be nice to have international events and AVP events. But I, you know, the way Donald is, he's like, he's got his ball. And if you don't want to play ball with him, he's going to take it and go home. Um, I was going to, I was kind of curious just about sort of the, the landscape. So obviously, Sinjin and Randy, Sinjin and Randy and Karch uh, and basically whoever he decided to play with were always at the top. What separated Sinjin and Karch just from everyone else, what made them so good? Because you look at it on paper, and there are a lot of guys who are, you know, six two, six three, and very athletic with good ball control. But I mean, they took it to a whole new level. Uh, God, that's an interesting question. They both had very good ball control. They both played extremely great defense. Uh, 
And they both, for the most part, for always had really good blockers playing with them. And Karch used to take turns with Stephes, but Sinjin never blocked. He had Randy behind him. So, I mean, Randy was, you know, such a dominant blocker, one of the most dominant blockers of all time. So, I mean, Sinjin had such an advantage doing that. But, you know, he's played with other guys. He won with Karch. Sinjin was a great defensive player. Right. Can't take that, but he had Randy, and you know, uh, Stephus used to beat those guys, you know, Karch and, and, and Stephus because they both blocked, and I, you know, I don't know. And then Whitmarsh and Dot, you know, they were there, so you know, I just they were similar because they had ball control and they had the mindset where they couldn't lose and they wouldn't lose, and they had good players playing with them. So, I mean, that's their similarity, they, their, their competitiveness, their mental toughness. And they had unbelievable ball control and they had, you know, their unbelievable shots. They both can hit it anywhere on the court they wanted to at any time. They're very precise. Most of it's mental. They're just grinders. You know, in the old school, we had to play a long time or all day or yeah. game to 15 points. You know, Cindy was a grinder. I never seen him get tired. I never saw a coach get tired. It's funny hearing a lot of the a lot of the old school guys talk about you know if, if a player cramps in the Olympics or something the first thing they bring yeah. up is we used to play for ten hours all oh, day. Oh, we always <laughs> do it. Yeah, we, we do it now. These guys have two, two matches a game. You know, Dallas is going to play two matches when twenty one fifteen, twenty one seventeen, and you play the other one. He's done for the day. Yeah, <laughs> it's like fuck. I don't. We look back at it. My wife. I don't know how you did that. Play from first matches at ten, and you don't get off the beach till. 530. Yeah, it's pretty crazy looking back at some of the old Manhattan Beach Opens where you, I mean, oh, you guys would yeah. play for from sunup to sundown and then do it again. I, I played when Marlon and I won the when Marlon and I played the Manhattan Open. We played from eight o'clock in the morning was our first match, and the finals got over probably at seven fifteen to seven thirty. Just nonstop. It was dusk. Yeah. Well, yeah, nonstop because you're in a loser's bracket. Yeah. I look back at it now, I go, fuck, that's a lot of games. To jump and stuff, but I had that, you know, that euphoria or whatever. You do, you don't know you're tired. Yeah, it's crazy. I never got tired the whole time. I was ready to play again. Next day, I woke up. I get played. It's just you're, you're running on adrenaline. I yeah. never, you know, there's only like four or five tournaments that I won that I felt like that. Or shit, who wants to play next? You know, where I wasn't I wasn't tired. Yeah. And when you so, look at when you look back at that Manhattan Beach Open win, I mean you were you were so young at the time, and now you've got your name on the pier, and you have what four four kids now? Yeah. And how cool is it to show them the that plaque on the pier? Oh, they don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're the first person I've heard say that. Yeah, yeah they don't care. I mean, they've, they've heard so much, you know, read so much or whatever. They don't give a shit. I try and tell them about. Because I live in Laguna, and I won the Laguna Open in 1977. And I go, hey, let's go down there, stand at the boardwalk. I'll show you what I played. I used to do that. I'll tell you, look, girls, I won that tournament. I go, Dad, shut up. <laughs> they won't even walk down there to see that. I, you know, they all four went to Laguna Beach High School. I don't think any of the four have ever been to the beach there or walked on the boardwalk with me. Really? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the, the, the things there, I, they've all seen it. Yeah. You know, but they, they don't like, you know. I like their most cherished deal, Man, and they funny. spelled my name wrong on it. And I, 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 I didn't. Every time they look at it, go, they put O apostrophe B on there. So one of these days, I'm going to tell them, "Hey, you got to reinscript that thing." But you know, every time I go up there, I'm forget I was going to go into City Hall. Go, well, we got to do something here. 
Yeah, I've, I can't have those good things can be when I'm dead. I spell my name right. I've, yeah, I've seen your name spelled differently. Is there an apostrophe or no? Apostrophe? No, it's just an O small b. <laughs> so just straight There's up no o, separation. So OB, yeah, no separation. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know how you know out of that you got OB, but everybody called my dad OB. Then I got in that you know high school was OB. Then you get, everywhere I go, my golf course goes OB, and I don't know how everybody finds out about it. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, That's it's funny. like. Guys are calling me OB and I go, well, I just, I just joined the club. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So and anyhow, uh, uh, what else you got? Yeah. I don't want to keep you too much longer. No, um, you're fine. You're fine. You mentioned uh, a couple names I wanted to ask about. One was definitely Kent Steffes who from, he seemed to have a, a pretty caustic personality that he, he won his ratio of, of tournament wins to tournaments played is absurd. And his yeah, he personality like, seemed to rub a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah, he, yeah but he he came in when I was leaving. Okay. Right? I mean, I beat him a couple times or whatever. But he was a very articulate guy. I think I think he might have had a little Asperger's in him. He's really intelligent. He just didn't have feelings for anybody else. Just didn't, you know, I noticed that right away. I tried to help him, and, you know, he just – he just was a dickhead, but I, like I said, he came in when I was leaving. So I, you know, I mean, I come down and watch him play. He's a tremendous athlete, but I think he, he was bipolar or something. There was some, something wrong with the kid as I kept watching him, kept, you know, he wasn't arrogant. He was just, just, just a meathead. You know, just didn't care about it. He had no feelings. And just a, a really good volleyball player too, apparently. Yeah, yeah. But he, you know, I, I I had conversations with him. He was a nice guy. He used to come into my restaurant. Nice guy. And I remember he came in there one time, and Brian Lewis was in there, and I guess he decked Louie at a party, and Louie went looking for him, <laughs> beat the shit out of him, and everybody told Steph, "Is you got to get out of here." He ran out of there. <laughs> where, where are you going? Because I gotta go. And I, I go okay, and then I find out Louis Louis where where steps? Like, oh fuck, guy, I owe him a punch. <laughs> okay, guys. So that's funny. You know, apparently he decked Louis in the uh, players' tent. So I mean, he was just that guy. You know, you'd have to get more of a thing from Karch on him. But my yeah. outside opinion is. He was nice to me, but I, I think he was bipolar. Had a little because he was so smart. Had a little bit of touch of Asperger's in his, where he just didn't, you know, didn't freaking care about anybody. Just a little out of touch. Yeah, out of touch. And then his eating habits weren't perfect. No, I haven't heard too much oh, about the Stephens diet. Fucking slob on the table. Ask, <laughs> ask, we call Hovland about that. We used to joke about it. He food all over his mouth and shit. He ate like a fucking pig. That's funny. Him and Hov were a pretty yeah. good team for a while there, too. Yeah, yeah. Hov liked him. Hov liked him. You know, he tries. I mean, he's 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 a really, I mean, you don't, you don't win like what they win. I don't know. Did he win 100 tournaments or win? Yeah, you know? I mean, he would, he, he was would win like. He only really played for like six years, too. I mean, he yeah, won he's another guy that's. Tournaments. He's the other guy that saw the end coming and goes, you know what? I don't want to do this. I'm too smart. I got a lot of money right now. And, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he was a smart kid. I've used to play with him. You know, he's a competitor. I mean, they used to win out of the 26 tournaments or whatever they were. They'd win all the four of them. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, they I'm would just, just, I just pulled up his BBB. He won 110. And his Stephens did? Yeah, his first win was in eight. So we got 100, uh, and I got 121 between us. That's good. 
That's a that's a. Uh, he's getting around Dot and Hovland. I go shit. We got eleven Manhattan Owens between us. This is good. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You only had one. That's okay. what I told. Right. We, we still and, got eleven. Me and Try had uh, we had April Ross on the podcast um, a couple weeks ago, and uh, and when I, I posted a picture of us on Instagram, and I was like, yeah, between us we have uh, like like twenty AVP wins. And oh yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Just the facts. I can't make <laughs> yeah, it up. Didn't lie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. And then uh, so, the last guy I wanted to uh, to ask you about was was Stoklos, who it, it seemed like he almost gets underrated because he was surrounded by so many great players. Like you go back and you know you look through beach volleyball and Sinjin comes up nonstop and Karch obviously uh, is referred to as the greatest all time. And I feel like Randy is underrated for, I mean, Hovland was like, no one gave Randy the credit he deserved because he was the best setter. He was the best hitter. He served like an animal. And it seemed like I'm just so close. He wasn't even that big to be such a legendary blocker either. No, he was big. He was six, five, all six, which five. I guess by, by, t- well, by today's standards, that's sort of, that's almost undersized. Well, yeah. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. I think Randy could have held his own in any, in any deal. I'd uh, agree with that. No, he, he was, I mean, I played with him in a couple of tournaments. I mean, I was the first guy to like play with him, start playing with him at, uh, where the hell we play. We played at Manhattan one year and should have gotten the finals. Could have won. I friggin' played my, I was so tired. I couldn't even finish the, fi- uh, barely finished against Mingus and Gage. And I had him seven, nothing, eight, one. I lost badly. Ooh. Cause I was just, I, I was out of energy, but no, he, uh, I think he gets his due. I mean, we had a player's vote and he was like one of the top blockers and hitters on the AV on the tour. And, uh, you know, everybody used to go, oh, Randy Doki, he's not very smart. And I go, this fucker is a PhD on the fucking court. I mean, he is really smart. He used to help me and say, Steve, here's how he's blocking. Here's how they tell me how he blocked me. Nor did Hovland, but they would help me with other guys. But Randy was, I mean, you know, you take for all the credit, Sinjin gets Randy should get same credit, right? Right. I mean, that's how good they were. And that's what it seems like to me. Just everything that I read and look at, and it, it seems yeah. Sinjin kind of overshadows it a little bit. Well, Sinjin knew how to speak. Randy wasn't, you know, he didn't always say the right things. He didn't kiss the right ass. Sinjin was a manipulator, which is good. I'm not saying that. You know, Sinjin knew how to manipulate situations so he would get the press. You know, Randy wasn't, you know, he's just kind of goofy Randy, but, you know, he wasn't that goofy winning 120 tournaments with everyone. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty fucking mentally strong, if you ask me. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, he's one of the best of all time. I mean, yeah, you know, for sure. I mean, he had the sweetest hands in the world. I don't think there's ever been a setter like him, ever, to set Sinjin to 124 victories. Very rarely would I see him bump a ball. He'd always set it with his hands. Yeah. But he just, you know, Sinjin, you know, it's like, you know, Abbott and Costello, you know, you know, it's all those combination of teams. There's always one guy that sticks out more than the other guy. So there's one guy that smothers brothers. You're not old enough to know that. I mean, you know, there's always a straight man and, you know, and a comedian, but, you know, Sinjin happened to be the star of the show. There's always one in there. Right. You know, it's LeBron and his posse. Well, it's Sinjin and his horse. Yeah, true. Guess that's why Kyrie you know, left for it, Boston. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. So, I mean, they're both, you know, I wouldn't give anybody the edge. Probably yeah. give Stokos the edge because he could, you know, he could win with a lot of different partners. 
Yeah, he did. He won with with. Uh, well, I guess so. Oh, did, so did he won with Mengus. He won with. I mean, he won with a lot of guys. But he's he's yeah. a phenomenal. He was a phenomenal. Hey, we used to play in Manhattan, and uh, you know, we got to be forty. You know, when they finally I was I was older, obviously, in Hoblin. And we played forties, and we would draw a big crowd because Sinjin, Randy, me, Dodd, Hovland, Stoklos, and Ludies, and these guys would put on a show when they were forty. It was unbelievable. Yeah, we would just beat teams. I mean, just beat on teams, and everybody come watch us play instead of the other guys. You know, Randy was unbelievable. I mean, he could have still played on the tour of forty. Yeah, now you see what Hayden's yeah. doing at forty-four. <laughs> you see, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Good luck. Yeah, that's a long time to sit there on your knees and go, what am I doing out here? That's what I couldn't believe. It. 30, see, 35 was sort of old back then Yeah, to be playing volleyball, and I never wanted to be one of those guys. Yeah. I always said I quit early. I don't want to be that guy at 38 because you had nothing on the ball. So that's one of the reasons why it was a big reason why I quit. And then now you're, you're what, in Laguna? Yeah, I'm in Laguna and Emerald Bay. We have I, I play every weekend during the summer. Oh, nice! And you're, 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 a, you're a golfer too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I play like once a week for sure on Fridays. We have our group on Fridays. That we gamble and stuff like that. So it's uh, yeah. It's sometimes that's, that's what golf. Is I don't trip. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. You, get, you know, we have shit. We had twelve guys yesterday. It's all the same guys. They're all really good golfers. We range from a plus three to. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a four, and then a lot of other guys are fours and fives like me. A couple eights and nines. And we had a twelve yesterday, handicap. But you know, it, it's twelve. They can hack it around pretty good. No, no, no. They're fine. You know, we can. Uh, there's a lot of gambling going on there. It's a lot of you know guys can. Lose seven eight hundred bucks or win seven eight hundred bucks. <laughs> fortunately, I was on the right side of the fence yesterday. It's a good place to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't bad. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, uh, I appreciate. Well, it's uh, that's all I want to hold you for today. Um, you know, if I have any follow ups, though, I'll uh, yeah, definitely give you a call. Yeah. And then two.